Welcome to Fosbury Flop, a podcast for the crazy ones who are not fond of rules. A podcast about the geniuses who change the world. Change the why. One place as one lives. In the tennis match for the Olympic bronze in Rio 2016, Kei Nishikori won the first set against Rafa Nadal and after losing the second one in the tiebreak, he went to the bathroom to take a shower of 12 minutes. The rules of tennis did not limit the time one could be in the toilet. It was legal, but many considered it unsportsmanlike. What made Nishikori not mind breaking with ethics and morals? I guess it should be a matter of values, his desire to win, hypercompetitiveness. His beliefs affected his strategy and actions taken on his way to the Olympic podium. Nishikori shows us that your beliefs affect your learning, your actions, how you face challenging situations, and much more. Whatever you believe about something affects your response to it. Carol Dweck has demonstrated with stress. A stressful stimulus will not affect a person who sees it as a learning opportunity the same way as one who sees it as a threat. If you believe that the stress has properties that can benefit, you will generate a positive adaptation to it. If the stressful event is not of a bigger magnitude. If you believe the opposite, that it's bad and debilitating, your stress response will affect you negatively, and so your psychological and behavioral reaction your state of health and performance. The same task, action or activity with different beliefs, expectations behind has different results. In a world full of information and stimuli of all kinds, a belief, a mindset is a guide to behavior and thinking that makes it easier for us. A value, a belief, it's quite a big thing that encompasses many other things like the small actions we do every day. An action at work or on the basketball court is not an isolated event that happened just for the sake of it. It comes from far away and from far above. Deciding whether to go to shopping at the small neighborhood store or the large supermarket at low prices is not a coincidence. Playing a ball into the opponent's body or into the free space in the tennis match is not a matter of chance, as Nishikori well knows. Often, what determines this is the network of values, beliefs, mindset of the person carrying out the action. And why I'm telling you this story? Because often, to change a specific action, we have to change the values. This is why James Clear says that there is no change in habits without a change in identity. Changing one beliefs can cause a chain of changes that may benefit or also harm the person. What you believe affects what you perceive on the court. What we perceive in order to move in the field or in your life is influenced by the mindset. Your beliefs affect how you move, how you behave, in life and in sport. Mentality is one of the main limiting factors of performance. Many times, we have to leave technique and tactics aside and start there. If something affects your behavior, if it limits what you can do, it is a constraint which can be personal or from the environment in which you find yourself. Body dimensions, a little muscle overload and a person's beliefs are personal constraints. 
All of these affect your entire day-to-day -day life. The social norms of society, the climate of your country, or the position of an opponent on the court are constraints of the environment. They also limit the behavior of the person, but they are not determined by the individual itself. All of these and many more interact, and the person's behavior emerges. But not all of them have the same degree of importance. A muscle overload can be easily recovered. Your opponent's positions on the basketball court at any given moment in the game will affect one or two actions that will likely go unnoticed. Although exceptionally, they can end up causing big changes, they usually don't have a big impact on the game, neither on a life. They are fast-changing constraints, acting on small timescales. The personal values, mindset, social norms of your country do not change overnight, rather in years or decades. They have a big impact on your day-to-day -day and on the person you are. They reach every corner of your life. They are slow-changing constraints influencing long timescales. The opponents, the ball, the player's strength and speed levels influence the actions of the match, as do, to a different extent, the values. But the opponent's position or a muscle overload determines an action or a match. A value determines a life. Values, as shown in the top figure, create a macrosphere. They change slowly and encompass and affect goals, actions that last much less and form smaller microspheres. Another way to talk about them is as big or small stones in the path. How we behave in each moment is determined to a large extent by what we believe. Your values, which last for decades, affect what motivates you, what goals you set, the strategies to achieve them, where you direct your attention to do so, the perception of the opportunities for action, and the actions you take, which last milliseconds. Just as a heart cell is not isolated from the functioning of the heart, the organism in which it lives and the social context that surrounds the person, a small action in a competition is not isolated from the person's beliefs, but it's very determined by this. A person who believes that the stress is dangerous and debilitating will live to protect and avoid it. A person who believes otherwise will seek out challenge and value failure. This will affect day-to-day -day behavior at work, with friends, playing sports. On the other hand, a person with values with greater tolerance or predisposition to stress will affect her in a completely different way. Beliefs, macrosphere, affect actions, microsphere. Carol Dweck showed us how those people who had a mindset that saw stress as an opportunity for improvement affected them positively in the small actions and moments of their lives. She showed us that the mindset of your players affects their development. Some NBA franchises had stopped watching scouting videos of the players they were interested in. They already knew the athlete well enough and were asking about the behavior of the court. They were more interested in getting to know the person, his family, the style of life. When Robert Moreno was coaching Monaco, they signed Joe Maniemi, knowing that he came from a well-to-do family. Because when you sign up, you not only hire the services of a professional, microsphere, you also join a person, macrosphere. Luis Aragonés did not take the Pepe Reina goalkeeper to the national team, but the Pepe Reina person, humorist. Personal aspects influence athletes' performance, adaptation, behavior. 
I suppose it's related to what Demarie says. You have to sign people, not players. When I read this quote as a 16-year-old, I find it very cute. But I have to tell you that I wasn't aware that I didn't understand. A person could have certain values or be a certain way. It didn't affect the qualities I saw on the grass or on the parquet. I thought, as if we live in one way and then, when we enter the court, we transform and become a different being. Now that when I think appropriate, I correct the value, the why, not the specific action, the what, I think I have assimilated much better. I have doubts about whether, as the cliché says, one plays as one trains. Yes, I have less doubts that how we live, how one is, can explain much better how we play or coach. Once I learned the lesson, I realized the, the power of influencing macrospheres, such as values or mentality, without forgetting the micro ones, specific actions during a game. Correcting the why will be much more expensive than the what, but it will be also more significant in their performance. Natalia Balaguer and Mari Carmen Almarcha explain how we assume in science that molecular changes are more relevant. So we'll do all research focused on omics and always look at microspheres without paying attention to the macro ones, such as city design, physical activity policies. The macro ones are more stable. They change more slowly and more expensively over time, but they have effects that last longer. The social context, macrosphere, constrains the functioning of organs, tissues, molecules, microsphere. The same as in a sport. We coaches turn on the megaphone and the speaker and spend the training correcting each action, instructing move by move, when maybe we should be focusing on the value behind, on the cause, not on the action, on the macrosphere that is affecting the micro, and stop yelling so much. That's why I like to start at the top, with the macro, with the why. Not to mention that I can also help the players in specific situations in major training. But my instructions probably won't be as powerful. It's not black or white, either macro or micro, either values or actions. It's recognizing the strength of the macrospheres to help us with the micro ones. There are different times to address each sphere. I think, with developing players, the priority should be the mentality, the beliefs. If I think it is appropriate, I prefer that the instructions go to the value, not to the action. An instruction can be directed towards the fast-changing constraints, technique or specific movements, or towards the slow-changing constraints, values, objectives, strategies. By focusing on the later, I can end up influencing the former, a change in a belief, a mindset can change a multitude of actions without having to correct them one by one. For the unmotivated player, change the why, the reason why he does things, instead of beating on shouts and punishments. Don't interfere with the action, the bad behavior. If the winger just drives and doesn't pass to the teammate in the area, look above the action, look at the bigger spheres above. Build the value in him of cooperation. If your strategy is to yell the winger play after play, it will end up making it for you to shut up. When you don't see him or aren't there, he will do the same. If the player is afraid or has anxiety, change his expectations towards stressful situations. 
teach the sailor that rosies are part of his job. What Jose Mourinho defined as a culture of being comfortable with the pressure of trying to be at top of the league. Try a little harder to convince them and change their beliefs. This explains what many call the competitive gene, which you either have or you don't. It's not a genetic phenomenon. Simply, the desire to win, the hatred of failing, the goal of having a successful career, as a belief, as a way of being. They believe on it so much that it ends up constraining everything else. If the player doesn't care about losing because he's not competitive or his motivation is internal to beat himself instead of external to beat others, you won't do anything. Who doesn't mind losing is a Marisa Kiaratos. She shows that she doesn't care about being unsportsmanlike in order to win. In her tennis match, she, so she doesn't think it twice and erases the mark of a dubious ball that the referee had to check. She was number 349 in the ranking, and her values impacted her action at the game situation to beat the player number 45. Coach, make your actions, corrections be directed all above. To the values you believe in, to the mentality you want to develop. Red Melby talks about developing warriors, not winners. Because all warriors are winners, but not all winners are warriors. I don't agree with the language, we are not going to war, but I love the reason. I would talk about pursuing our team's shared values of long-term improvement, not short-term individual goals. Not believing that a team is just bringing together players who look in different directions, but creating a culture that makes them all row in the same direction. The coach actions must be aimed to this, to the values, to the motivations that the macrospheres are aligned. Sometimes how intelligent you are can hurt. You have decided very well and smart has much more different and powerful effect. Praising the characteristic or the result has very different effects to praising the effort or the process to some behavior. You contribute to building two very different types of values, fixed traits or effort that the skills are given or that they are won with attitude and effort. Don't praise the talent or intelligence. You encourage a more static mentality of traits or characteristics. Praise and reward the process done to the achieved outcome. Praise the process that kids engage in, their effort, their strategies, their focus, their perseverance, their improvement. This praise builds hardy and resilient values, mentalities more adaptable mindsets. The coach actions must be aimed at helping to emerge a culture that makes them move by their purpose, not the trophy at the end of the season, and make the actions emerge more easily. Something bigger that keeps alive even when the team loses. Because motivation is internal. The spirit of overcoming, of improving, has more power than the likes on social media, the admiration or other extrinsic rewards. A culture that makes them think about growth, about growing up, about the process, not about the specific goals. But how easy it is to say. The values, the mentality, don't appear in the statistics at the end of the match. And sometimes we don't pay them the attention they deserve. I hope that from now on, you will see the power they have. 
The process of change is slow. It costs a lot, but in the long run, it's worth it. In a sport and in life. They don't make goals, but they help the team to win more games. Go to Fosbury Flop, that blog, in order to check the notes of this post and much more related content.